Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey girl, welcome to another episode of the Fearless Mujer. You are in for a treat. This is a bonus episode. So you guys know that I do Cafecito Convo in the private Facebook group. It is a community where women are being inspired and empowered. And I had the honor of having a friend named Rosa. She is really a woman who is empowering other women to reach their full potential. She teaches leadership principles to women. She also owns a digital marketing company, which helps entrepreneurs grow their brand awareness and increase their influence on social media. But she joined me for a cafecito convo to talk about leadership and why you shouldn't disqualify yourself. You guys, she dropped some knowledge on us. You will not hear all of the cafecito convo, But if you want to watch the whole conversation, uh, the best way to do that is to come be part of the Fearless Mujer community. So go to fearlessmujer.com, click on Fearless Mujer community. It'll take you directly there. Make sure you answer the membership questions. It's just to help me get to know you. But you guys, I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. It was so good. And if you want to connect with Rosa, if you want to learn more about her, her links will be in the show notes. She's going to tell us why she's going to Colombia. And so I can't wait for you to listen to this Cafecito Convo. So I hope it inspires you. And I truly believe that it will. Hey girl, I'm Micaela, a mother, wife, Jesus follower, podcaster, empowerment coach, and a Chicana who loves her cafecito. I'm on a mission to empower each mujer to give herself permission to be the woman God created her to be. Because just like you, I wear many hats. Girl, I see you trying to take care of everyone else. But on this podcast, I invite you to grab your cafecito or glass of wine. Sit back, relax, because I'm going to mentor you and teach you how to stop being afraid of becoming the woman you know you were meant to be. So you ready? All right, girl, let's do this. Rose is a woman that I admire so much. We actually met on IG of all places, right? Uh, That's why I always tell the women, like, you have to put yourself out there to connect with other women because you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to cross paths with. And so I admire Rosa. She's a very, very strong, powerful, educated Latina. Rosa, tell us who you are. <laughs> oh, it's such a beautiful introduction, Michaela. I love you. You know, I'm so honored and privileged to be part of your conversations and your show. I, I love it. Um, so my name is Rosa Ore and I live here in the Fort Lauderdale area of Florida. And I am a second generation Latina immigrant. Um, my mom it was born in Colombia and she migrated to the United States. And same thing with my dad. My dad was born in Peru and he migrated to the United States and they both met in New York City. 
hence I was born in New York City. Um, so I grew up um, most of my life in New York City, so I'm a native New Yorker. And um, I now live in Florida and the Lord has allowed me to start a ministry or women's um, organization called Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy in which I use everything that God has taken me, my whole journey in life, uh, my education, my experiences, my life experiences, uh, wisdom and the word of God and knowledge uh, to be able to teach women how to be amazing leaders, how to really take on, you know, learn about themselves, learn about the skills, abilities that God has placed within them to really accomplish God's will for their, you know, for God's will here on earth. So, and um, God's calling. And I also, you know, God has taken me through a journey of being an entrepreneur. So I now own my own digital marketing agency or company. And um, so I'm on this journey. I'm on this journey and, and I'm going to Colombia on a mission trip at, you know, in May. So yeah, we'll talk more about that at the end of the show, but I'm excited. That's amazing. I love it. Um, so the reason I, I wanted to chat with you today was because I wanted to just really talk about leadership. You know, the Fearless Mujer is all about empowering women, right? But I feel like there's so many different messages when it comes specifically to the Latina woman mm -hmm. about how you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to be as a leader, how you are supposed to be an empowered woman, if, if I could say it that way. Because mm -hmm. I think that, you know, there's not one way to do it. You know, for me, I think that not, I think I know that I didn't find freedom to be myself, freedom to use my voice until I really understood that God was trying to use my pain for a purpose. And so the thing that I was trying to hide from, or the pain that I was trying to hide behind is actually what God has been using. And so I just want the women to understand that because you've made mistakes, because maybe people know what you've done, that doesn't mean that you can't be a leader or you're not equipped or you're not called to do that. So what are your what is what are your thoughts on leadership? Well, leadership, um, it took me a very long time to figure out that I was a leader. Uh, for a variety of factors, a variety of reasons, and many, many reasons and factors, one being my cultural background, being Latin, um, also my lack of education, my lack of knowledge and exposure, uh, lack of research, um, that I had really got, you know, kind of kept myself in, in, in a bubble or limited myself to thinking that I was ever capable of being a leader or was considered a leader. Um, and I am really, truly grateful for the Lord because he's taken me on this journey to figuring out healing my mind, healing my my mind from the, my past and from my past hurts and mistakes. Just like you said, Michaela, all of us have made mistakes that we think that that disqualifies us from being leaders. And that is so far from the truth. It's so far from the truth because it's God using our weaknesses and our mistakes to bring about the glory, his glory through us. Um, and I'm just, I'm really grateful because after much research, after much study, I was able to figure out, wow, what a leader I am. What a strong woman I am. I didn't know that I was this. I didn't know that I was capable of these things. 
Um, so the first thing that I had to do really is figure out, okay, exactly what is a leader? You know, what is a leader? Um, and I used to think because of my cultural background, I used to think, and my, my mom, you know, being that she was Colombian, came from South America, and my dad, you know, Peruvian, came from South, South America, Latin, Latin America, that culture is a patriarchal society. A patriarchal society teaches women or teaches um, the society or the people who live in those communities that a man is in charge, that he is the one who's the head of the house and that he is the one who leads. Therefore, everybody follows. Um, everything surrounds around his goals, what his vision is for the family, what he feels the direction the family should go in. A woman can give her input, her her you know her advice, but it ultimately he makes the final decision, and everybody or the whole unit walks towards that goal that he sets, the pace at which he sets. So it it's um it's really for women who are strong, for women who have a a, a strong personality, who a strong character, it, it can be frustrating. It can be very frustrating when you're stuck in, in that mentality or society or, or, you know, mindset or environment where you're kind of subject to that, uh, subject to a man's what he's saying and leading at that moment. So that's a patriarchal society. And that's kind of like where my mom came from. And I was raised to believe the same thing. Um, I was raised to think that my dad, you know, he was in charge. He's the head of household. He's the leader. And that I needed to always follow what he said. But the funny thing about it was that my dad was very soft-spoken. My dad was very calm, very relaxed man. Uh, he was very laid back. My dad was like, I would always tell my mom, do what you want, you know? <laughs> and so when my mom struggled, there was always that struggle because she was like, lead. And then she would tell me, you know, you need to learn how to um serve your dad because one day you're going to be a wife and a mother and you're going to be serving and you're going to be taking care of him. Remember that your husband is going to be your leader and, and so forth. And, and even growing up as a teenager, um, I also um, was loud. I was um, because my mom had a strong character. I had a strong character, strong personality. Um, and I used to laugh out loud and I still laugh out loud. And my mom used to tell me, don't laugh like that. Don't, don't, uh, um, you know, bring so much attention to yourself. Don't draw so much attention to yourself. A woman is to be seen and not heard. A woman is to ask, you know, behave in a demure, very, you know, controlled and, and very, you know, professional and, and very ladylike. And that's not ladylike. And don't sit with your legs open, sit with your legs crossed. And, you know, don't do this and your skirt and this. And it was always about behaviors and outings. And, and it just always kept me very limited, very restricted. I always felt very restricted, especially having been born in New York City, where it was a very liberal city um, in which I would, you know, uh, travel 15, 20 minutes by train, by public transportation. And I would see uh, women from all walks of life, affluent, not affluent, poor, you know, all socioeconomic status. And I would see women in all different types of positions, jobs, doctors, lawyers, uh, you know, anything, you name it, fashion designers. I would see all that in New York City. I would be exposed to all these type of women in different levels. And I would, I would always go back home because we were poor in New York City. And I would go back home to 
ghetto because that's where we lived in the Brooklyn part of the ghetto part of area. I would go back home and I would be like, I don't want this life that my parents have. And I know now that I can have a better life. But in order to do that, I'm going to have to educate myself. I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to fight hard. So I couldn't. And, you know, my mom and I clashed all the time because she would tell me, you know, you you need to prepare yourself for motherhood and for wife, you know, being a wife. Mm -hmm. And but at the same time, she would tell me, you got to study hard and be a professional. And I'm like, OK, study hard, be professional, have a good career. But I still have to be a wife and subject myself to a man. So where does my leadership and who I want to be? Where do I fit in in all this? You know, I'm I'm, I'm being put into a box and into a mold. And I don't know, I was being torn between two worlds. Uh-huh. And um, I had to really, um, actually left, God just picked me up and took me out of New York. I moved to Florida. And that's when I started going to school. I did, I finally, with my parents also moved, they also left Florida. And with their help with watching my kids, I was a single mom by then, I went to school and I got my bachelor's, I started studying my master's. I did my master's in Latin American Caribbean studies because I really needed to understand my mom. Wow. I really understand the society that she came from, the patriarchal, the machismo, all that. Mm-hmm. Machismo is when a man, you know, he's the one in control. He believes that he's superior to a woman and he's to be in charge and the woman is subservient to him. And um, and so the, I needed to understand that what my mind, my mom's mindset came from and educating myself taught me that. But then I said, you know, why is it that I still feel like I'm not a leader? Why is it? And it's because during this whole time, I had created this image in my head that a leader specifically was, number one, a male. Number two, he had to be extremely smart, authoritarian, strong personality, a really strong character. He had to dress well, had charisma. He had to be um, very uh, determined and very authoritative, very strong character. And I, I lacked all that. First of all, as a woman, my personality, I, I didn't have the personality. I, oh, you know, I can be shy at times. You know, I can also, because of all my background and up, you know, upbringing, I come from an abusive background. I also stay very quiet. I'm, I'm not assertive or aggressive when the times that I should be. And I'm like, okay, so I don't have the personality. I don't have the characteristics. I'm not the gender to be a leader. So how can I ever hold the position in my job as a manager, supervisor, or leader, or CEO, if I don't have those characteristics? Like, God, how am I going to do this? And I really want to. I know that I can do it. I would be at work. I would see people making decisions and men making decisions. I'm like, I know I can do better than them. (laughs) But I don't have the confidence or the belief system to believe that I am a leader, that I hold those positions or that I can lead a ministry or that I can lead even a prayer group, you know, because I just didn't have the, the courage to speak up. And and I um I had to just pray a lot. And I one day I discovered I said, you know, when I started doing this ministry, I said, you know, I'm just going to minister to women. I'm just going to do Latina leaders leaving a legacy. Um, I'm just going to open up a YouTube channel and I'm just going to talk about my life experiences and things that I've learned in school. And I'm just going to start doing it. And in that process, I came upon this, this, um, definition, which I'm going to read about a leader, which was mind blowing, 
mind-blowing to me. It says, a leader has the power or ability to lead other people. A process of social influence, which maximizes the efforts of others towards the achievement of a goal. Leaders are people who know how to achieve goals and inspire other people along the way. So what blew me away about that definition was, do you hear that it has to be a man? Mm. Nowhere in that definition did it say you had to be a man. Did it say that you had to be authoritative, that you have to have a strong personality, that you have to speak with a strong, powerful voice, that you be, have to be highly educated? Nowhere in that definition does it say that. Nowhere does it say that you have to have a certain charisma, look a certain way, talk a certain way, stand a certain way, have certain stature. No, it just says social influence, helping maximizing the efforts of others, inspiring others, helping others reach a goal. And that's what we do as women on a daily basis. We do that. We're mothers. We're nurturers. We're influencing our friends. When we love something, we're passionate about our coffee. When we're passionate about <laughs> our clothes, right? Yes. Don't we talk like, oh my God. Especially you know? Latinas. I, I really, look, I'm not saying nothing about other women, but there's some, <laughs> no. I, I can just speak about being Latina, right? There's something about Latinas. We're so yes. very passionate when we're mad. We're yes. so very passionate when we're, happy we're so very yes. passionate when we're you know really really down and discouraged but everything that you said I wanted to just share really quick I just went to church on Sunday and I heard this message about not regarding people in the flesh so he was talking about ethnicity gender and he was telling the men like if you're at a business meeting and a woman walks in and you automatically think in your mind, oh, well, she's not going to be a good leader because she's a woman. You're regarding that woman in the flesh, you know. And so when you regard someone, it means to really make a judgment about them because right. of their skin color, because of, you know, their gender. And Rosa, I always resonated with you when I started to listen to your YouTube channel you know, last year, I was like, man, I need to make this lady my friend because I just admired you so much. Uh, You know, back then I was doing like coffee jeans and Jesus. And now I'm doing, you know, here, like talking to my Latina sisters, but I was raised by a Mexican dad who was super machista. Like, I feel like I ended up becoming a machista woman, which probably doesn't even sound right. But I feel like that's how I was. I wanted to lead my husband. I wanted to tell him what to do. And God had to show me that because I'm a natural born leader, I have to be a gentle leader with whoever, whoever I am talking to. And that's, that's just, you know, the spirit that he has given me. But it's so true. Like, we, we were taught, well, you can't do that because you're a girl. Like, I was 10 years old and 10 or 11. My dad's like, tienes que aprender a cocinar porque te vas a casar un día. Si no le cocinas a tu esposo, te va a dejar. Like, my husband's going to cheat on me because I don't feed him? Yes. What? <laughs> yes. No, that happened to me. I actually, my, my, um, not me, I don't want to blow it out the water. I don't say my business, but yes, um, my, I was married and my husband cheated on me. 
And I ended up, and one of the things, the first conversation or the first accusations that came was like, well, you didn't keep the house clean enough. You didn't cook for him enough. And I was like, I had three kids. I worked just like him. Yeah. You know, I had the, I brought more home, more money than he did at the time. I had more responsibilities. And I, the, the fact that I didn't keep the house clean was the reason he cheated on me. What? But you know what, Rosa, like, I, I do want to clarify one thing, because I have a lot of, I have a lot of believers who actually are in this group. We're not saying not to submit to your husband. That's like no. a totally different topic. No. Yeah, we, no. you know, what I'm saying is, you know, Rosa's talking about being a leader, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, but because of the limiting beliefs that we were taught growing up, that you couldn't be a leader because of XYZ, right. you know, we we want to just clarify, like, yeah, you can still be a leader. And, you know, I look at it like my home is a business, right? I went to business right. school. So my home is an organization. I look at it that way, where I'm the assistant manager. And when my husband's not here, I fill him in on the bills, the things that we got to do, the things I got to get paid. I'm like the coordinator of the menu <laughs> of, you know, what the kids are doing and they right. are my little employees. That's how it made sense to me because I didn't have a healthy mm-hmm. family. I grew right. up in a very dysfunctional home. So right. I didn't have that modeled after me, Right. but you can still be a leader no yes. matter what position you're in, no matter if you got your degree or not. There's so many women who didn't get to finish school. Maybe they decided that it wasn't for them, but because of the society that we live in, or even in our culture, we're taught that, oh, mira, ella fue a la escuela, mira, está educada, mira, this and this. But what if like, you're just called to be an entrepreneur and you, you learn to like be this great influencer in whatever it is that you're doing. So I think that there's so many different leadership qualities and there's so many different types of leaders um but i love that you're touching on the culture and the way that we were brought up because so many women feel that well i can't be a leader because what you said my husband cheated on me or i got divorced or you know my dad told me that i shouldn't act like that you know one of the things that i always share with the women is what what we were taught las niñas no se portan así las niñas no hablan así Less, you know, it was always like, because you're a girl, you can't fill in the blank. Right. And everything about the fearless mujer is giving yourself permission to be who God created you to be. And exactly. I just want to say, God called us to be leaders because right. if we're going to just look, I don't want to get preachy, but if we're going to talk about in biblical terms, uh, God created Adam and he wasn't done. He was like, it's not good for this guy to be by himself. I need to make somebody for him. He like, he wasn't complete until in popped in Eve, right? There was something about the woman that was powerful, that this man could not be who he needed to be without that woman. That's right. So I just wanted to touch on that because I think that because my whole message is being who God created you to be, who Mm -hmm. God created I don't know, Sophia, Claudia, whatever, whoever's watching, right? Put your name in the in the in the line. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. God created you to to be you. He wasn't 
you have something to do here. You have a purpose and you are a leader because he has equipped you to be a leader no matter what you've done, no matter what people have said to you. So I I just, you just lit lit me up, Rosa. I had to share that. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, and it's so true. I I definitely want to continue on that and and clarify that and add on saying that we're not men bashing at all Mm -hmm. in any kind of way. Yes, I am a single woman still. I'm not married, but I look forward to being married and I look forward to having a strong man in my life because I'm a strong woman and I, I need that. I, I want to, because I'm a strong woman, I want to be able to come home and be like, yo, babe, take over, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, because I know <laughs> that outside the house I'm leading. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a business. I'm an entrepreneur, you know, I'm business leader and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm dealing with strong personalities outside the house. So when I'm inside the house, you know what? I would love for that to take over and make some decisions, you know, but not without also considering my voice and who yeah. I am, you know, and that's why you have to pray for an amazing partner, you know, and if you're already married, you just have to pray for wisdom on how, like you are, Michaela, on how to be able to influence your husband and that be able to be a partner and be able to lead that home in, with, in, in harmony, you know, and, and I, and then the Bible, it's not just, you know, talks about Deborah. I think Deborah in the Old Testament, yeah, my God. I yeah. love, love, love Deborah. I'm doing a whole study on Deborah because I'm creating my own study on Deborah wow. because I think we all need to learn about Deborah. This woman was a judge. She was married. She was married to a man named Lapidoth, Lap- Lapidoth, if I can say it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, his, his name means fire, like flame fire he was the fire on that would ignite her to accomplish her her will and her purpose for the kingdom of god she was a leader in israel she was a judge and at those times israel had no kings they were led by judges and she would spend her day the whole day sitting under a tree resolving disputes and conflicts amongst the people of Israel and bringing order and being a beacon and a voice for the law of God for the law of Moses and telling them what it, how they should live their lives this was a woman doing that and he Lapidoth and nowhere does it say that he complained about her not being home in time to cook dinner nowhere that he'd complain and saying oh you weren't taking care of the kids and you out there taking care of the business and you're neglecting me no, he as a his name means fire, means that he ignited and supported her in everything wow. he did because he recognized the purpose and the calling in her life. He recognized that. And that's what we need to pray. We need to pray. If you're in a marriage, maybe in the or no, or have a spouse or a partner that's not really recognizing that, you need to pray that God will show him, you know, what it is the calling in your life and that he will support you. And you need for direction and peaceful way to be able to bring that purpose about without causing conflict in the marriage, you know, and I'm not even married yet, but I'm looking for that spouse that will support me in my purpose and my calling, because I know that it's, it's a big purpose and it's a lot for me. You know, I know that. Yeah. And uh I love that you shared that because, you know, I think that Sometimes I don't want to speak for every woman, but I think that there are women who may feel like I know that I'm called to do more, but I can't because I'm married. And if you're I think that a lot a lot of men we've we've seen this, especially in the Latino community, they do get intimidated by strong women, women who are strong, women who have something to say. And I think that when a man really 
I don't want to say a real man, a mature man, (laughs) a A mature mature man when he, when he really loves you and he really, you know, is mature in himself and secure in himself. And he sees, man, my wife, my girlfriend, there's something special in her, right? Mm-hmm. I hope that's why he got with you because he thinks you're very special. But for him to be able to invest in you, and and I don't mean just financially, no, and no, no, I don't mean that at all. I mean, support you, your time, support your decisions, support that you have this dream that you're you're chasing after, right? Because part of being a leader is saying, I'm going to chase after this crazy thing, even if other people think I'm crazy. And for him to really, you know, allow you to be who you are called to be, to be what you are stepping into, which is probably really hard. Anytime you're starting something from the bottom, from scratch, it's never easy, right? It's always hard. It comes with a lot of tears and headaches and all of that. So I love that you touched on that because Deborah's husband just kind of was behind the scenes. He was behind the scenes. And he, he, I mean, she had a really heavy calling. Like she was the judge. Like right. she had to bring order to all these people. Right. So the fact that he was able to just, I'm sure that he was really like a lot, like a strength for her. Right. Like right. we don't know what happened at home when the Bible right. doesn't tell us, but for him to really just stand behind the scenes so she could shine, so she could do what she needed to do. That's so powerful. And so I think that obviously we're not going to change culture, right? The Latino culture is what it is. And men have been taught to be authoritative, if I could say. So I really love that you touched on that because for the woman who feels like I can't be a leader because I'm married, yeah. I'm just a mom. I used to say that all the time when my kids were little. I'm just a mom. All of that, God will use it to prepare you yes. to do what you need to do. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, being yeah, being a leader <laughs> begins with a mom. That's my my biggest um I think training ground was is in leading my children, leading myself and leading my children. Because if I needed to lead my children, I needed to lead myself towards success. Um, I need if I wanted my children to pray, then I needed to pray. I need to be that role model for them. So um, definitely don't, th- you know, I, if you're a, if you're just a mom, which is not just a mom, if you are a mom, <laughs> you're a powerful leader because you're leading children. This is the future. These are future generations that are going to be leaders in the future. They're going to hold some kind of position that are going to make decisions that are going to influence your, your life and your children's, mm-hmm. your children's children's lives. You know, that's why my channel is called Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy, because Mm -hmm. we need to influence our children and our future generations in a positive way so that the legacy that we leave is one of strength, power and of goodness, of of the strength of God, of the of the, the knowledge of God, of the wisdom of God. We need to impart that into our future generations. So don't ever think that you're just a mom. That's yeah. a life in the pit of hell. You are the most biggest influencer because you never know who you're raising. You could be raising the next president of the United States. Amen you to know? that. Yeah, amen. Yeah, we need a Latino president up there, Latina president up there. We do. Yes, yes. yeah, we yes. do. 
you know, and talk about <laughs> CEOs. I want to read these statistics uh, yes. a little bit uh, because I have these statistics and I think this is so important that we know how important it is for a Latina to rise up and be a leader. First of all, research shows, okay, in 2016, there was a report. Okay, hold on a second. 2016 report by the Peterson Institute for International Economics, okay? International, this is an international study, which included 21,980 publicly traded companies in 91 countries, 91 countries around the world, found that an increase in the share of women from zero to 30% was associated with a 15% rise in profitability. profitability. That means that the companies did 15% better because they invested in women and they hired women more, okay? Companies with strong, another statistics, companies with strong female leadership yield higher returns and have higher valuations. And it says, and these results are based on 1,600 companies from developed. These are not just underdeveloped countries. These are developed countries, okay? And it also shows that there is a close relationship between the lack of gender diversity and the incidence of corruption, fraud, bribery, and shareholder disputes. It means that when there's no women, there's no diversity, and there's only men in charge, there's more corruption, there's more fraud, more bribery, and shareholder disputes. So companies need to hire women to reduce. If, they, if a company is experiencing fraud or anything, they need to hire us women to fix things. You see how why women are needed? Um, and the statistics are showing that only 26 women are now serving as CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And guess what? Only 5% of that? A Latina. Wow. And you know what? What's so sad is that we are has Hispanics and Latinos, Latinas in the United States are the highest consumers. That means we are we have the strongest purchasing power. We are doing the most consumption, the most purchasing. We're buying all these products from all these different companies, from all these different people, and we don't even have a say in what we should be sold to us. Wow. We're just buying stuff from people from all different nationalities and countries, and we're giving them our money, but we don't even have a say. Like, don't sell us that type of iPhone. That iPhone doesn't benefit me, or that dress doesn't benefit me. It doesn't. It is not conducive to my family. That food is not conducive for my family. We don't have a say in it because we're not in the leadership power. We're not in. We're not holding any type of leadership positions. Wow. We need to have a say. If you don't like the formula your baby's drinking. Then have a state, have a word, start creating your own formula, start getting involved, get educated, do something, get involved, ladies. We need Latinas in power because yeah. we are the ones with the biggest purchasing power out there. And we're not even buying the things that we need. We're just being buying stuff that they're telling us to buy. And that's wrong. That's wow. wrong. Isn't that's that so true. Yeah, very powerful. Um, when you get a chance, can you just share the link? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you could do it later when we get off and just do it in the group. But I wanted to say thank you for sharing that because I think that we don't even realize, like you said, when you don't get involved, when you're just kind of going with the flow, if, if I could say it that way, how do you create change, right? And I think because we think different, it is an, an advantage for companies to have women on their team to have them collaborate and be part of their organization and be able to to really influence the sphere of business but 
Um, before we wrap up, Rosa, I want I want to say thank you because you are such a powerful, powerful mujer. <laughs> and yeah, like I said, you. I admire you. Um, but I want you to tell the women what you're doing. You're going to go to Colombia. I'm so excited for you. I got chills when you told me about it. Share with us, please. <laughs> All right. I I am just blown away by what God has put before me. Um, God has opened doors. Um, as you as we already know, my mom is Colombian, but I've never been to Colombia. Uh, I've never went for a variety of reasons. But I finally, I've always prayed for years, Lord, tell me when it's time to go. Tell me when it's time to go. And I have, you know, because I have a digital marketing company, um, I have a couple of people that work with me that are located in Medellin, Colombia. So I'm going to go visit. Them. I'm going to visit them. But in the process of that business intentional visit, I just felt I said, you know, that that visit's going to be like one day. I'm just going to be there, just communicate, you know, communicate with them. And I, I communicate with them all the time via Zoom. But I want this trip to be meaningful. I want God to use me. And he's opened the doors for me to go. What should I do, Lord? What is what is it that you want me to do? And my heart has always been to help women, as you can see. Uh, my heart is to empower women and to really just in any way I can help. I want to help women. So I found an organization called Mujer Talento. This organization blew my mind, blew my mind. It is an uh, organization in Medellin, located in Medellin, Colombia. And what they do is they take women that are escaping prostitution, human trafficking, drug uh, trafficking, that are escaping domestic violence, uh, women that have also migrated from Venezuela to Colombia, except um, escaping all the violence and the poverty. They've come to this um, town called um, Nikitao, I think it is, within Colombia. And so in Medellin, uh, they have these homes or like locations in which they help these women get up off, off their feet. You know, they, they help, they give them, like the government gives them a place to live, which is less like a room, no privacy, but it gives them a room. But so these women are there, temp you know, temporarily until they find a job, until they can, you know, get, uh, you know, themselves independent. So what this organization has done is that they take the women and a group of women and they teach them how to sew. They prepare them to get back into the workforce because Colombia has such a, a big fashion industry. Um, they have taught them, they have been teaching these group of women how to sew. So once they complete their program, they have an internship program, uh, they have lessons and everything. Once they complete the program, they help them find jobs in the fashion industry or they employ them, employ them themselves within the same organization. So if this, these women are being prepared, you know, as far as preparing their resume, preparing uh, just how to interview, they're, they're getting clothes to go on the interviews, they're learning a new craft, they're learning how to become designers to be, you know, to become independent and not have to go back to that lifestyle of prostitution and human trafficking. So they're teaching them how that there is hope, that there is hope. So what I'm doing is that I'm uh, during my trip, I am going to be speaking to these women. I'm going, I have already two engagements, speaking engagements uh, scheduled with them, but I'm also fundraising because um, during the pandemic, they had to shut down the location in which they were had the sewing machines and they were learning how to sew. They had to shut it down due to COVID, you know, COVID-19. And so now they're trying to open up 
the center again, the room for them to have the sewing machines. And in order to do that, they need about 20, um, with everything, supplies and everything, about thirty to $35,000 they need, U.S. dollars. So um, I'm believing in God that this trip was not, you know, it started out as my personal goal and my little personal exploration. And God said, no, this is not about you. This is about the women that need to be touched. They need help. They need uh, your assistance and your influence and your wisdom. And that's what I'm doing. I'm dedicating this trip. I'm, I'm doing a huge fundraiser to raise funds to get them their center. They're sewing supplies. They're cleaning supplies, hand sanitizer, uniforms, everything that they need to get back, you know, standing on their feet, become independent and self-sufficient. That's the important thing in teaching these women how to be leaders. So I'm looking forward to be able to speak to them just like I speak with you guys and being able to share what God has done in my life. So, yeah, I love that. I love it because, you know, I'm sure that these women, because they live in, you know, maybe an impoverished area or they don't have certain resources that we have, they have to kind of they sometimes don't have a choice. Right. And you, you hear these stories about somebody's family like sold them into sex trafficking and it's it's real like it's so real but i think because we live in america not that it doesn't happen here because it does it happens here a lot it happens here too Mm -hmm. we're just kind of like going on with our day we if we don't see it in our face we're just kind of in denial about it you know i'm being very honest so i love that that god is using you to empower these women to be more right to be who they've been called to be to be more than whatever they've been doing right and so i love it and you guys if you can even if it's five dollars is that the right link on the screen there yeah okay (laughs) yeah yeah it's the right link right now yes anything you can donate five ten dollars it doesn't matter anything will help a woman god yeah they're in such need and i'm just truly blessed to be able to be that, you know, beacon of hope for them and being able to just bring a blessing. I mean, that's my heart. And I I pray that this is just the beginning of many trips, um, not just to Colombia, but around the world, empowering women. I really want to help women get back on their feet and teaching them that they are because, I mean, God has called us to be great women in this earth, leave an impact. We're ambassadors of Christ here on earth. And we need to leave a mark for our future generations. We need to. Hey, girl, thanks so much for joining me. It was such a pleasure hanging out with you. If this episode inspired you and empowered you, share it with the women in your life so that they can be empowered too. And could I ask you for a quick favor? It would mean the world to me if you left me a review and subscribed. That way you never miss an episode. And if you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram at the Fearless Mujer Podcast. You can also come join the private Facebook group. Fearless Mujeres is a sisterhood and community where you're going to be empowered and inspired. And you'll find the link to that group in the show notes. And girl, let me ask you a quick question. Have you been feeling like you're not walking in your true purpose? If you're looking for guidance and clarity and support, book a free 20-minute clarity call with me. We can focus on the things that are holding you back from really walking and stepping into your God-given purpose. And girl, before you go, if you want to screenshot this episode and share it to your Instagram, Facebook, that would be pretty cool. All right, girl, until next time, God bless.